Alright, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith. I am here alone in a lovely hotel room at the Cosmopolitan Casino. I have a spectacular view of the Strip and the Bellagio Fountain. By far the nicest view I've ever gotten on one of these Vegas excursions to see NBA Summer League. Uh, I'm not going to podcast for long today. I'm going to bring on a guest, not exactly the normal interview process. We're just going to talk about NBA Summer League, and uh, I sent out an email to the Step Back email thread saying, has anyone been watching a bunch of Summer League and wants to talk about it as well? And so uh, Trevor Magnotti is going to come on. And uh, so, yeah, we're not going to mess around, and let's get to Trevor right now. Trevor. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Doing good. Ready to talk some Summer League. Yes, I love Summer League. I love it. Uh, we're not going to do our normal uh, format, but I don't want to be rude. Did you eat breakfast? Did you have breakfast this morning? I did. What'd you have? I had a bagel with some peanut butter and jelly and a banana. How about you? Oh. I don't. That sounds gross to me. Um, no, <laughs> I, thanks for asking. I had a, for like the third morning in a row, I have gotten, walked down the elevator, gotten on the elevator to the lobby, gotten a coffee, large coffee, free refills all day if you keep your receipt, which they didn't tell me the first day, uh, and a kind bar. I haven't done the epic Vegas buffet-style breakfast, which I've done pretty much every other year I've come. So uh, maybe I'll find room for one of those one of these days. So... uh, I love Summer League. I love walking around. I love seeing all the people. And I love making immediate snap judgments on NBA guys who I've never seen play before. Uh, so I'm curious, what's your what's what's your take on Summer League? Like, are, are you a guy, because I don't know you that well, are you a guy who, like, follows the prospects and, you know, like, has a good handle on who some of these guys are when they show up? Yeah, so a little bit of background on me. Um, I'm a guy who likes to focus not just on the NBA, but also the Euro League. Um, so I'm familiar with a lot of these prospects who are coming over from playing international ball, um, playing in places like Spain, Turkey, Israel. Um, these guys kind of dot the uh, dot the summer league rosters. Um, as well as well as, you know, D-League guys and guys straight out of college who are undrafted but are trying to find uh, um, but are trying to find a place. Um, so I follow a lot of these guys that you probably never heard of before, at least in passing, um, kind of know the basics of their game and kind of have an idea of what their NBA stock is. Um, so summer league's all, always fantastic for me. You get to see these guys that, um, have been toiling away in kind of the lower levels, trying to achieve their NBA dreams, um, on the same stage as some of the guys who are coming in, who are the future stars of the league. Um, so you get to see all of them thrown in on one setting and, uh, I, it makes for some really entertaining basketball if nothing else. So before we get to the, I guess the big name stars, let's start there. Are, are there, who are some of those Euro guys or lesser known fellows that have come in that you've been impressed with so far? Well, I think I think some of the uh, some of the biggest guys that have that have played pretty well actually have um, 
are coming from the Orlando Summer League, which was which was last week. This week is obviously Las Vegas, but um, one of the one of the big names that I that I thought did really well was uh, Brandon Ashley, who is on the Mavericks Summer League team. He averaged 16.5 points per game and um, across the two games that he got in. Uh, really did a nice job displaying his overall um, scoring acumen. Um, he's a pretty, he's a guy who pretty much scores from all over the court at the at the European level. Um, after being like a di- more of kind of like a defensive guy at Arizona, um, his offensive game has really blossomed. So he's really kind of a complete prospect, and he's been able to he was able to show that um, pretty well in uh, for Dallas. Obviously, the big story for. Vegas for the year um, as far as European guys go has been Mike James um, he plays plays for the Suns summer league team um, signed a two-way contract um, after playing for Panathinaikos in Greece um, also spent some time in Spain he's kind of your classic success story um, for Europe uh, as far as American guys go uh, I mean he didn't play at a big Division One college. Played at Lamar um, down in Beaumont, Texas, a very small D1 school. Um, after coming up through the junior college ranks, he's been pretty much everywhere in Europe: France, Italy, Greece, Spain, um, and has kind of slowly ground his way up to now having an NBA contract. And you, you've gotten to see him. He's put up a couple nice highlight dunks. Um, he's worked really well with the Suns' other young guys: Marquise Chris, um, Dragon Bender, um, and real really has shown that. You know he's he's a he's a little bit undersized, but he plays a lot bigger than his six foot stature, and that's kind of the biggest question for him coming into the, into the league. He's been a nice veteran presence for them on the summer league team, and he's played really well. So, uh, Mike James is really is really the guy that I've been most impressed with of the guys kind of walking in that I was keeping an eye on. Yeah, th- let's actually talk about uh, that entire Suns summer league team. I've watched a lot of their games. Mike James, as you say, he's been incredible. I, 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 don't, I wasn't aware of him. I was confused when I saw that statement that Mike James signed with the Suns on a two-way, thinking of the old Mike James, who played for the Raptors. <laughs> you know? uh, so Mike James is like an undersized guard. He's been totally locked in in Las Vegas. He's hitting all these pull-up threes. Like He keeps crossing guys over. He reminds me of like, a, a, like Damon Stoudemire sort of on that. But he's gotten up for a couple like drive-down-the-lane dunks. Been a very impressive guy. But overall, that Suns team, it, I tweeted it last night, the Suns Summer League team needs to be blown up. Just an embarrassment the way I think they've, I think they've lost every game. I can't remember. I think maybe they won their first game. No, they lost all their games. Uh, like, they have tons of guys that anticipate to be rotation players, tons of high lottery picks, Dragon Bender, Marcus Chris, Marquise Chris, um, Josh Jackson, and they look lost. They can't defend. They don't play together. Uh, I'm just, if I'm a Suns fan, I'm incredibly concerned just with, like, top to bottom in that organization. Like, like what are we doing? Like, what's going on? Like, what's the preparation level? Uh, how is this contributing to our team being good next year? Or are we going to be terrible again? And are we on any path of any of these guys, you know, improving? I think that the problem, the biggest negative um, for the Suns team overall has been the play of Marquise Chris. Um, he just flat out does not look very good, um, and it doesn't look like he's improved really at all. Um, he doesn't really seem to have any chemistry with anybody. Um, he really hasn't played well on the defensive end. He still looks a lot lost at times. Um, he's shooting 34.1% from the field, which is terrible even by summer league standards. Um 
so I, I think the big, big takeaway has been that he um, and his development is a little bit of a problem. I'm not really worried about the pl- the play of Josh Jackson. Um, you know, the summer league is a time where guys are going to work on stuff. And it seems like they're very committed to trying to develop his off the dribble game, which does lead to him hijacking the offense, trying to manufacture these looks. I think that's okay because I think that is a development point for him to be able to reach his ceiling. He needs, um, he needs to have a better grasp on off the dribble shooting. And he's, it's something that he has worked on relentlessly in camps ever since his high school days so I think I think that that's you know that's just a point of emphasis with him so not really worried there Dragon Bender you know he's still incredibly young not really worried about him either it's it's really just Chris that I think is a major red flag for this team so yeah they're not they're not playing well they're not playing as a team but a lot of a lot of that has to do with I think the Suns development staff is really keying on individual development rather than trying to build a cohesive unit among their young guys. Um, so, you know, I'm not as I, I'm not as concerned with their struggles as I am with maybe it, maybe a team like I, maybe a team like the Minnesota team, which also has not looked very well, uh, look very good, but doesn't really have that, those development points that are very obvious um, that, you know, the, that the Suns have been able to kind of wing, wing their hat on. Yeah, I'm less concerned. I'm less concerned about the Minnesota team just because I don't know the guys. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's like, like, like I remember that Putney guy, but everybody else, it's like, uh, you know, it's it's no big deal. Um, another team with a lot of lottery talent that has been kind of a mess is the Sacramento Kings, and it's a similar thing where, you know, they have Deer and Fox, they have Buddy Heald, they have. Um, you know, more guys who you assume are going to be in the rotation of Papa Giannis. Um, and they've looked also kind of terrible. The only game they looked good was when they played the Suns. And then after that, the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, completely shut them down. And then I can't remember who uh, uh, yesterday. They, they, Lakers. Uh, the yeah, Lakers. The, the Lakers game, of course. The Lakers, the huge Lakers game with no Lonzo Ball, with no Kyle Kuzma, uh, with no Brandon Ingram. And then uh, this Alex Caruso guy, Alex Caruso had himself a night, and the Lakers took down uh, the Kings. But it was one of the, I mean, it was one of the games of the Summer League with the Lakers blowing a 28-point lead and then winning it at, at, at the end. So, yeah, what are you seeing from the Kings? Um, you know, De'Aaron Fox looks pretty good, um, but I, he looks kind of good in the ways that I expected him to. I, you know, he's been able to get to the rim at a high level. He's competing defensively. Can't shoot at all, but I mean, no one can shoot in summer league again. So, um, not really, not really as concerned about that. You know, really, really outside of that, it's kind of it's kind of the guys who have already been there. Um, and this is and this is kind of a multiple multiple go around thing that those are the guys that I kind of see a little bit of a red flag with, um, you know. I, obviously, they're um, some of the, some of their young guys aren't playing. Uh, Harry Giles is kind of being brought along slowly, but yeah, I think I think that they're really uh, they're really you know not able to produce anything anything of consequence um outside outside of fox on offense you know defensively there's no there's no coherent um play either at a team level or an individual level i think that's a bit of a problem and you know this is kind of this kind of provides a nice transit uh transition into one of the topics we had we had wanted to discuss man george's papagianis 
that that looks like the worst pick from the from last year's draft, and that's saying something because last year's draft was not good. This dude looks like one of those guys that you know that you've you've never heard of that comes in and you know he plays for a few minutes and he looks completely lost on the court and he's obviously obviously not ready. You know he he was the thirteenth pick last year and this is a this is a guy that yeah he's young but what NBA skills does he have? I mean, he can't, he can't finish. He can't set screens. Well, he can't defend on the perimeter. He can't protect the rim. He can barely rebound. And that's because that's because he's seven feet tall and somewhere around like two sixty, two seventy. like this dude's bad. And I think, I think that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a deep list of, of contenders for player that for the player that you would dub kind of least valuable player, but He's been it for me so far, and I think that I think that contributes a lot to it. I mean, when you've got the guy that's by far the worst player on the court, whenever he steps on the court, that's a problem. And and you know, for him being such a major development piece for him or for them, that's a red that's a red flag to me. So, you know, I th- I think that my biggest takeaway from this team is just Papa Giannis looks awful yeah another big who i'm not really uh loving what i'm seeing is is, is zubach and i know the lakers fans are getting concerned because he looked pretty solid last year and then it, with the sophomore guys you're looking for a lot of development and so far not seeing a whole a whole ton but also you know he's not asked to do a lot so he's less of like a uh, turd in the punch bowl as uh papa Giannis is um another guy who i'm was looking at as someone that like i think this is very very highly concerning is a third-year guy, a man who the Bulls traded, you know, uh, Taj Gibson, Doug McDermott, and a second-round pick for, and that's Campaign, who looks shell-shocked, total loss of confidence, and it's like, oh, no, this guy maybe doesn't belong in the NBA, and I don't know what his plans are for the Bulls. The Bulls' summer league team is maybe even worse than the Bulls' regular season team, uh, you know, will be in the in the NBA. They shot twenty one percent in their last game. So some ug- some ugly ugly things. Um, right, what's another player that you're seeing that uh, you think is really not developing? Like be it a sophomore or a veteran guy. Looking at looking at some of the, some of the other uh, other players, I think the the problems with Ronda Hollis Jefferson for Brooklyn, um, they're still there, and I think that's a little bit concerning. Just the fact that you know they're letting him have a have a lot of free reign on the offensive end, and he's getting he's getting outplayed in his own front court by Prince eBay, um, who's a second year guy out of out of Texas, undra- undrafted, um, didn't really ever do anything um, with the Longhorns and didn't really produce anything last year in summer league. And that dude's been their best front court player, which is a little bit concerning when Hollis Jefferson is such a crucial development piece for them. Um, yeah, he was a late, late first round pick and he's there more for his defensive abilities, but this dude still can't shoot, still can't really dribble. Um, and if they, if they have any kind of kind of plan for him to be involved on the offensive end this, this year, again, you know, I, ju- I just don't see that working out well for them, and I think that's a little bit of a red flag. He he just really hasn't looked like he has any sort of polish on the offensive side of the ball, um, and it, he, it, he's getting to a point where I think I think that his value um, as a, as a player is kind of what we thought 
a couple seasons ago that Andre Roberson's value was where, you know, his defense really wasn't, wasn't up to, or his defensive reputation wasn't really up to where, you know, he actually was as a defensive player and offensively, he's just assumed to be this massive zero. That's kind of what Hollis Jefferson actually is. He's this offensive zero with a defensive reputation that exceeds his actual abilities on that end. Um, so, you know, a little bit concerned as he heads into year three um, with what his long-term outlook is, because th- this dude by now should at least be able to create some kind of effective play on offense in summer league. And he just can't. Yeah. I let's move to the, some of the big names or the guys who have doing or doing really well. Um, a couple that I've seen one leading from the Utah summer league. And then I got to see him play once in Vegas is Donovan Mitchell, like everyone's talking about. I've never seen this guy play basketball before because I don't watch college, and I've been blown away. Do you think it's legit? Do you think he's just, you know, one of those times guys get locked in for summer league? Yeah, I I think it's legit. I think the fact that he's been able to sustain that level against some pretty high-caliber players. I mean, that Utah Summer League was no joke. He was getting matched up a lot with Jason Tatum and Markel Fultz, two top top three picks in this past draft. Um, And he was playing pretty well um, against both of them. It seems like he understands a lot of the basic concepts that – that are being thrown at him, um, which you can't say of every rookie. Um, and I think, I think that's a point, that's a point to, you know, maybe this being a little bit sustainable. He's showing, you know, that he can pick up a lot of this stuff, um, really quickly, particularly on the offensive end His three point shot looks like it's a lot better than he showed, um, last year in Louisville from a percentage percentages perspective he's understanding kind of some of the basic off-ball motions that are required in the jazz offense which is which is important um because that's where he's going to get a lot of his looks in his in his rookie year he's improving game to game which i think is also also valuable there's not really the inconsistency that you see from a lot of rookies really he's just showing that he's a lot more nba ready than i think anybody imagined um He's he's a guy that we were we were all high on at the, at the step back um, in terms of the draft guys. We all kind of liked him as a as a potential you know three and D elite role player, and he's you know he's hit every check mark that you could ask him to so far in summer league. And I think that I think that's been really really valuable. I think among other um, among other rookies, the guy who's who's kind of impre- impressed everybody the most has been Jason Tatum. Um, you know, obviously he's had some pretty good showings as an off off the dribble shooter um, and as a, as an isolation player. What's been your take on on Tatum? Do you think that you know? Do you, same question. Do you think that this is kind of summer league specific for him, or do you think that this is signs of him kind of having that Carmelo Anthony ceiling that he kind of got attached to in the draft process? Well, I'm no scout, but I've been totally blown away. Like this guy's awesome. You know, like 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 when he comes out, mm-hmm. uh, his explosion to the rim, like the way he's just baptized a few guys on dunks. I didn't know that was a part of his game. And then uh, he's had multiple like Dirk, uh, Kobe, post up. You know, like fadeaway seventeen footer spinning things. And I'm like, wow, like that was super fancy. So it seems like everyone's pretty high on him right now and talking. You know. If the draft was done over, this guy probably goes number one. Yeah, and I think I think that's a lot of that's a lot of the summer league overreaction stuff. <laughs> um, Fultz getting hurt definitely doesn't help that, but yeah, definitely looks like um, looks like he's 
um, his offensive game is for real. Whether everything else translates, that remains to be seen, but he's probably shown the most of anybody. Yeah, another guy that I was super impressed by who was lower down on the draft list, and I only got him say I only saw him play for one half, but he was dominating the the poor Bulls, and that's the uh, John Collins for the Hawks. I don't know, have you gotten to see him play? So he's a big guy. My question with him, where he was dominating, is can he dominate or at least contribute? In the NBA level, like is he a four? Doesn't seem like he's really a shooter. So, do you think he's a big who can really like make it happen in the NBA? Yeah, I caught I caught him in the Brooklyn game, um, which I think was their first contest. Um, he he looks good on the offensive end. Um, he looks really engaged, which was one of my which was one of my big concerns with him going into the draft. He's a guy at Wake Forest who you know never really showed consistent effort, particularly on the defensive end. I, I made no secret I was not a very big John Collins fan in the in the draft prospect process. I thought that he was too undersized um, to be able to um, produce out of the post um, at an NBA level. But so far in summer league, he's been able to do it. Um, he's he's been a really good post scorer, really good finisher. Um, it looks like he's actually he's actually passing, which was something he did not do in college. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think that he's played pretty well. Um, I still have those kind of length questions. He's a dude that um, he's, I think, 6'10 and has around a 6'10 wingspan, which is a little bit problematic, kind of limits his ceiling and ability to play the five just because he doesn't have that wingspan to contest at the rim. Um, but, you know, if he's going to play with the energy that he's shown in summer league so far and he's going to be able to duplicate this post scoring, um, he- he's an NBA rotation player. Um it's that simple. Another guy, another big guy who I was impressed with, and again, only got to see him briefly in about half of one game, but I'm looking forward to see him again. Uh, Bam Adebayo looks amazing in the fact that he's a giant human who I've seen now take it coast to coast in traffic twice, like dribbling, you know, at full speed. You don't normally see a big guy running at full speed being able to dribble. So what are you seeing from Bam? Yeah, um, he's one of the, some one of the things that I like about summer league, particularly for the rookies, is you can kind of see guys show things that they didn't really show in college um, that may have been may have been on high school tape and just never never really you know through whatever mechanism either co- uh, coach kind of restricting their role or you know the adjustment period not really being being there um, you see guys kind of flesh out their games a little bit more than they were ever able to show in college and Adebayo has been the per- perfect example of this he was a guy that had top 10 potential coming out of high school because of his ability to kind of push the ball and track in the open court and um, his, his energy um, on the offensive end doing kind of those little things. He never really did that at Kentucky because he was strictly, you know, pigeonholed as a, uh, as a kind of a rim runner and um, post up guy. But, you know, the heat have done a really good job of showcasing his, his abilities with the ball in his hands. He has really good hands. And that's something that kind of got overlooked um, by everybody except the heat basically. Um, And they're doing a really good job of showing that, you know, Hey, maybe this guy actually does have some potential to, you know, do things on his own on the offensive end. And, um, you know, he just plays with such intensity that that's something that is always going to stick out when he's on the floor. So yeah, I've been really, been really impressed with him Um, and kind of tying into that, I um maybe maybe the la- the last guy we'll talk about among the rookie class, a guy that I've been really impressed with, kind of for the same reason, 
Tony Bradley for Utah, um, the other rookie um, selected uh, late in the fir- late in the first round. He's been really good as ki- as kind of one of those guys that you know I just I just kind of I, I just kind of know dub him as a as a make stuff happen guy. Um, you know he's been, he's been everywhere on the offensive end, putting in tip ins, finish finishing out of the pick and roll, um, grabbing offensive rebounds, defensively block. Um, he's had a couple nice like chase down blocks in transition, um, and kind of showing up out of nowhere from the weak side and just obliterating a couple shots. Um, he's been a guy who's looked re- who's looked really good. Um, just as kind of, as kind of somebody who does all the little dirty things um, that don't really get a lot of attention. Um, I don't know if you've gotten to see gotten to see him specifically, but he's kind of blown me away in in just replicating the stuff he was doing for UNC, just kind of making all the little stuff happen. He's a guy who I didn't know who he was, and again, not being familiar when you're not familiar with college, like a lot of the second round picks you forget about. And so he's a guy I had noted to someone like I, I like I liked this guy. And then just this morning, as I was looking through the draft, I'm like, oh, he was a first round pick. I didn't even know, like I didn't even know he was a first round <laughs> pick. I just thought he was more of like a either a second round undrafted or like a, just like one of those free agent bigs uh, you you bring in. All right, yeah. So I got to get to the gym pretty quick, but I do uh, want to talk about three more names. Um, we would be remiss not to mention Lonzo Ball. Because, I mean, you know, he's the most yeah. popular guy here. He's, he's the reason Summer League is selling out. He had a, he had a terrible first first game shooting-wise, uh, which he won one of our International Stackhouse of Pancakes Awards, which we don't always give out uh, outside of the regular season. But I've really liked what I've seen from him in the way that he, he gets his hands on the ball a lot like stealing rebounds from people, stripping the ball, deflecting passes, blocking shots even. Yeah, the offense is kind of weird. It seems weird to me that he avoids contact and driving for layups all the time. But as far as like him on the defensive end is, is one thing I've really been impressed by. What are your what are your Lonzo Ball takes? Yeah, I th- I think that he's he's done a really good job of kind of showing the skill, the skills that we that we knew he had um, in college, and he's done a really poor job of showing that he can kind of over overcome a lot of the weaknesses that we thought that we thought he had going into the draft um defensively he's a guy that can't defend the point of attack at this point um he got shredded in that first game every time that the clippers um tried to run him through a pick and roll or even anybody just took him off the dribble he just does not understand how to defend in isolation yet but he is a really smart off-ball defender and i think that's something that you know, the Lakers are going to be able to use moving, moving forward. He, you know, he, he gets in passing lanes, he strips the ball. Um, he's really good at anticipating off ball actions, even, even more advanced ones. Um, and I, th- I think that that's a bit, that's a big use for him as a rookie. It would be a really good thing if they had another point guard that they could play him with potentially maybe <laughs> another top two pick <laughs> that they might've had in the past that they could play him off ball with. That might have been a good idea, but here's where we're at now. Um, hey, you got you got uh, you got Caruso now. You're good. Yeah, yeah. It it, it showed that it just showed that he's really good at pull, he's really good at you know deferring when he needs to. He's really good at making the smart extra pass, even if he is kind of showing some of those Rondo assist hunting tendencies that are kind of problematic when you look, when you look at him in the overall function of an offense, as we kind of as we kind of saw. Um, in that Celtics game. Um, but you know, I think, I think he's kind of, 
you know, he is what he is what he is at this point. He's a guy that, you know, does have some potential as a creator and as a playmaker. He's got some potential as an off ball defender. Is he really held down by some of his weaknesses, particularly uh, avoiding contact and on the offensive and defensive end? Yes. But, um, you know. He's he's only 19 years old. He's still got a lot a lot of time. He's not he's by no means a bust yet, and he's by no means an all star yet. And I think that's kind of that's kind of where I expected him to be. Um, so I don't really have any hot takes, so to so to speak. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's good. I think he's, you know, right where he showed that he was last year at UCLA. I think this shows my bias towards like reality star, TMZ type things and the Lakers. I'm pretty sure if Lonzo Ball was just some regular other dude, I'm pretty sure I would have fallen in love like after his second game. Just, 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 oh, for sure. you know, like just like the way he's like, oh, this guy can't really shoot. He shoots all crazy, but man, he's passing cool and he's getting steals and like he stole a rebound from this big guy like Tony Allen. Like he snuck around. Like, so, like, I feel like I would love him, but alas, I hate him. Uh, <laughs> can't handle him. All right. Uh, last thing. Uh, one guy who I think, again, Snap judgment. I watched him play for five minutes. I don't think he belongs in the NBA. That's Denver Nuggets uh, first-round pick, Tyler Lydon. And then uh, on my favorite team, he's approaching the too-good-to-be-here status, uh, Wayne Selden. So give me some brief thoughts if you have any bullet points on those two guys. Yeah, uh, Selden, Kansas guys just kind of have this thing where, like, they come in and their rookie year, they don't look like they have any idea what they're doing with the ball in their hands, um, particularly the wings, because they never touch the ball when they're at Kansas. And then it takes them a year and then they figure it out. And that second summer league, they always look fantastic. I remember that was the case with Marcus Morris. Um, I remember that was the that was the case with Andrew Wiggins. Um, I remember that that being the case with Xavier Henry, like all these Kansas and guys. And with Ben McLemore. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it takes hey guys sometimes it takes Kansas guys four years sometimes just saying but but yeah Selden looks awesome like he he looks like he's a lot more comfortable with everything um uh, on the floor and I definitely think you're right the Grizzlies have done a great job kind of bringing him along um kind of teaching him some of the some of the defensive skills that are innate to being a part of that team um, and a part of that team chemistry atmosphere, um, unless you're Chandler, Chandler Parsons. But um, uh, Chandler th- Parsons' think- Instagram update: He's feeling like himself. He's back. Hasn't missed a shot yet. Can't miss a shot if you're never on the floor. That's right. No, I'm saying <laughs> just saying. But, he, but, he's, uh, a, he's, he's something like like a hundred for a hundred this summer on, on 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 social media. So he, he, no worries there. No worries. Yeah, but I th- I think that Selden definitely looks like an NBA wing player, um, which is is great. It's another fantastic find. The Grizzlies are so good at finding those guys who, um, they're kind of, they're kind of in that upper echelon of the NBA, along with teams like the Raptors and the Spurs, of just finding those guys who are just going to needle you, um, coming out of the undrafted pool, um, being like your seventh and eighth man and providing a lot of a lot of really sound play from that from that spot. Wyden, meanwhile, um, just kind of proving that he's never going to see the floor for this team in the NBA. There's just no way. They've got too many power forwards already, and he's he's bad. 
Like he, he just <laughs> is not does not look good. Does not like look like he has any sense of what's happening on the defensive end. Just that classic Syracuse defensive player that you know. If he was playing 2-3 zone, yeah, maybe he could provide some value, but he has no idea how to defend one-on-one. Um, so, yeah, def- definitely up there. I would st- I would still probably take Papagiannis as my least valuable player for summer league so far, but Leiden's a firm number two. He just he, – he's lost. Yeah, again, my snap judgment was, oh, no, like that's a first-round pick mm-hmm. uh, looking totally lost. Well, Trevor, thanks a bunch for uh, hopping on with me. I got I to gotta go get ready. Uh, everybody, check him out uh, at Illegal Screens on Twitter. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, thanks, you guys, for listening. I got to run real fast, so uh, check us out on Twitter at Fast Break Break, posting updates from Summer League. I got to go put my, my bets in before the first game. Had a very awful Day three gambling after very good days one and two. I'm hoping the uh, the Grizzlies versus Jazz are gonna gonna take care of me there. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, no apologize for being G and G. Fan break, break, man. You understand?